welcome to the Thrive Podcast and the first ever episode. I'm super excited to have you guys here. My name is Sarah Davison James. I'm a certified hormonal recovery coach for women with PCOS. And this podcast is all about up-leveling your health, learning how to thrive in your own skin, and building the skills you need to live life to the fullest. Now let's dive in. So I wanted to just start my first episode with getting vulnerable, up close and personal with you guys about my story and my background with getting diagnosed with two chronic illnesses all within a two-year period. I know vulnerability can kind of be an iffy subject for some people. Some people are easy to share and overshare. That's definitely me. Other people, it takes a little bit more time to warm up. Uh, But for me personally, because I'm comfortable with just kind of putting it all out on the table, I do think I should use that comfortability to help people feel less alone because I know it can be a really isolating journey. I definitely remember getting diagnosed with both hypothyroidism and PCOS, which is what we're going to get into later in this episode. And I just remember Googling those chronic illnesses and a lot of it online is, oh yeah, this is normal for women in their 60s and all of this kind of stuff. And I just don't really identify with any of that until I started reaching out in the podcast, YouTube and Instagram worlds and started to realize that there was actually a community of young women dealing with these chronic illnesses. And I think it's also really important to note that chronic illnesses are up by 400%. And so that really goes to show that there's a lot of diet and lifestyle factors as to what is provoking these chronic illnesses, which is super unfortunate. But that's exactly what this podcast is about, is being able to learn the skills that you need to take your health into your own hands and really change it and get from point A to point B, because it's totally possible. The girl that I was that we're going to be talking about throughout this entire podcast is crazy different from the girl I am today. Everything from the daily habits, the behaviors, the mindset. And it's also been really interesting to reflect back on as I've been preparing for these podcasts, which is kind of cool. It's a little bit of like a journaling for me, too. Um, But anyways, back to the story, which you guys are all here for. So we're going to rewind this a little bit and we're going to go back to Sarah getting out of university and the type of lifestyle that she was living. Now, I would say this was definitely me in my peak hustle. Well, no, I actually had peak hustle girl mentality for a long time. It wasn't actually until COVID that it really snapped it out of me. But that was definitely something that was forefront to my mind, was making a name for myself, building a career and just wanting to be that boss, babe, take no prisoners kind of vibe. And I think looking back, that was definitely the energy I attracted for some certain people that I kept close to me. One of them being an (laughs) ex-boyfriend. This was my first toxic relationship, you guys. Super fun. (laughs) Not. Um, For those of you that haven't been in a toxic relationship, kudos to you and your decision-making skills. It took me quite a few times, which you'll start to realize is a theme for this podcast and the timing for my chronic illnesses, which is very interesting. Anyways, so um, me getting out of university, I had a job as a program coordinator. I worked in the adventure tourism and adventure guiding space, which was a really cool time in my life. Um, but at that point I was working, you know, 10 to 13 hour work days. Um, it was pretty crazy. Like literally I would wake up in the morning, it would be go, go, go. The type of music I would listen to in the car to pump myself up in the morning was absolutely insane. It was just this like crazy dubstep house type of music to kind of go into work all aggressive. Not that I would try to be aggressive when I was managing a staff team and anything, but it was just to be like, yeah, go get it. Seize the day, slay the day, babe. And my God, (laughs) how times have changed. And then I would be coming home to a toxic, narcissistic, obviously now ex-boyfriend. And that was my life like consistently for about three, no, not even six months at least, I would say. 
And so no wonder my body was starting to have all of these struggles. And looking back and how unin tune I was with my body back then, I used to get these like painful stomach cramps. It would be really uncomfortable. And I just, I don't know, I guess I was just ignoring it at the time. Like all of the early warning signs, that was the one thing I struggled to recount for all of you guys was stuff like some of the symptoms, like the early symptoms way before my diagnosis, because I was just so not in touch with what was going on with my body um, or anything like that. Anyways, to kind of summarize what my point of that was, is that I really see those as the early days and the early environmental triggers as to what then became my hypothyroidism diagnosis um, almost a year after that. But I think that's where it started was just this like spiking my quarters on the morning, working crazy long hours, getting stressed out at work and then coming home to a really taxing and emotionally draining relationship. And so as that time went on, I think there was some stomach cramping going on at the time and things like that, but I was really ignoring it. There was no such thing for me as like going to a doctor or talking to someone about this stuff is like, oh, weird. And maybe some of you guys are dealing with that now or remember a time in your life where the conversations with friends be like, oh yeah, it's so weird. I like just get these stomach cramps all the time. Or, you know, when you kind of feel sick throughout the day or you get, you know, feeling sick in your stomach or stomach cramps at weird times throughout the week, but it's like quite frequent. Those are some of those early warning signs that I would say don't ignore. There is stuff going on. You shouldn't be feeling brain fogged, cloudy, dizzy when you're standing up, having stomach pains and stomach cramps like consistently week after week, even if it's at these periodic times and it just goes away. These are all signs that your body is trying to tell you that it's deficient in something, it needs support somewhere, and you should really listen to those. Because I know for me, these were a lot of warning signs that I just ignored. And, you know, being in my young 20s was just like, oh, yeah, whatever. And everyone talks about, you know, having stomach pains or just feeling tired or whatever it is. But it's like, no, that is such a subpar quality of life and absolutely not how we should be living. Anyway, so after about five to six months in going through a really intense, narcissistic, toxic relationship, um, he did struggle with substance abuse, alcoholism. Um, and that was also, again, this will probably be even for, I could do a whole nother podcast on this. Um, but that was my first encounter with dealing with someone that had a drinking problem. And in your young twenties, when you've never been around it is really hard to identify if they are a functioning alcoholic, because you can't really pick up on the maybe stereotypical signs that someone might be struggling with stuff like that. And so I will say with stuff, you know, any of the exes that come up in this podcast or whatever, bottom line, I really do wish and hope the best for them. I know hurt people hurt people and nothing was really a reflection of how I treated them or anything like that. It was just their own inner world of pain and hurt. And obviously, unfortunately, some people just project that on and hurt and bleed onto other people. But at least lucky for me, I didn't stay in that relationship too long and was able to make the decision to get out and realizing that I just couldn't function or do it anymore. And deciding to leave that relationship was a catalyst for me making one of the best decisions I had ever made, which is booking a one-way ticket to Bali, which eventually ended up with me living and working in New Zealand for, I think it was eight months as a sea cat guide. And still to date, that was one of the best trips ever. And so I realized I've already rambled on a little bit about my story and not so much about the chronic illnesses. So I'm gonna try and stay back on track. So what I'll say for living and working in New Zealand, if you guys wanna hear a whole podcast episode and more of a story time on what that was like and more of the healing journey I went on from dealing with that toxic relationship, let me know in the comments and I'll do a whole other podcast episode because I'm trying to at least stay succinct for this one. And I'm aware that I'm not doing a great job so far. So in an attempt to get back on, track. Over this next year that we're talking about, I was living and working in New Zealand as a sea kite guide. 
literally having the best time of my life. I was going through this whole healing journey, um, guiding on the most beautiful beaches in New Zealand in the Abel Tasman National Park. If we have any New Zealand listeners, please let me know. I would love to hear from you guys. But one of the big things is I wasn't really aware of health or nutrition or anything like that. And so to put it in perspective, most meals were probably cheese, brie cheese to be exact, crackers, maybe some prosciutto, wine, beer, pizza, burgers. And that's what I was living off of. That was me living the guide life, living my best life, but not thinking about nutrition whatsoever. And that comes into an interesting play when I finally got diagnosed with hypothyroidism. Hashimoto's, for those of you that don't know, is an autoimmune type of hypothyroidism, and it is directly linked to gluten and dairy intolerances. So I find that really interesting that pretty much everything that I was eating pre-diagnosis was all gluten and dairy. And then all of a sudden it was like, mm, no, that's exactly what you shouldn't be eating. So I think a key thing to note in my time in New Zealand is this is where my symptoms got significantly worse. And I was really struggling with it. Even when I was in Bali the month before I went to New Zealand, I was dealing with severe stomach cramping and not to get too much TMI, but I was dealing with a lot of constipation to the point where I was taking laxatives every single day. Actually, I forgot to mention, I had already started taking laxatives when I was back in Canada and that's where those stomach problems had started just because I couldn't have bowel movements and they were getting super painful and uncomfortable. And then continued on in New Zealand, I think I was continuing to take these laxatives because I just couldn't go to the bathroom comfortably. It would take days. It was just not a really good sign and I was dealing with a lot of stomach pain and cramping. I was literally dealing with these symptoms for over a year and just putting band-aids and band-aids and band-aids on top of it and then just being so confused as to why nothing was getting better and why nothing was changing. And so for you guys listening that might be in that similar boat, you're not alone and I'm definitely not judging or anything when I talk about you can't be putting band-aids on these situations. That's why I'm such a big advocate for understanding the root cause because I was absolutely there and I was the one putting band-aids on situations for so long just because I didn't have the awareness or understanding that there is such a better quality of life to be living and you can't be doing that through prescription medication all of the time. Obviously there's absolutely a time and a place for prescription medication. I still am on prescription medication for my hypothyroidism, but there also needs to be a lot of room for understanding that diet and lifestyle can have a massive impact on reversing chronic illness diagnoses or to help prevent you from getting them in the first place. And so as I got to the end of my trip in New Zealand, that's where things really started to take a downhill dive. My skin was breaking out like crazy. I had never had acne like that in my adult life before. I was getting so insecure. It felt absolutely horrible. Obviously none of the digestive issues had been solved. They had only gotten worse. And so I finally flew back to Canada and things kept deteriorating and kept getting worse. And it got to the point where I was taking multiple naps a day. Like I would have at least eight hours of sleep and it would be like a good quality sleep. And then I would still need multiple naps throughout the day because I just couldn't stay awake and I was absolutely exhausted. And I remember I was living at home at the time and my mom has never been the one to say, oh, go to the doctor. And she was eventually like, mm, you definitely need to get some blood work done. Like something is not right here. And so that's exactly what I did. And I was convinced that I was iron deficient as every woman is. And I definitely had low iron. I think again, we all do and we all struggle with that, but that actually wasn't the cause. And it's so funny. My stubborn self had already started taking iron supplements because I was like, oh, I'm clearly iron deficient. And that's exactly why I have low energy. So I 
I might as well start taking iron supplements now after my blood work and until I wait for the results. And then I go in to see my doctor to get the results of the blood work. And he goes, so um, yeah, iron's a bit low, but what do you know about your thyroid? And I was like, um, absolutely nothing. And that's when I got explained about hypothyroidism. And that was actually the cause for my chronic fatigue. And through my conversation through my traditional doctor was essentially here, we'll put you on these meds and then that's it. And for me, I had already started getting really interested in naturopathic medicine and wanting to work with a naturopathic doctor. And once I was given just a prescription medication and that was it, I really didn't feel that that answer sufficed for me and I wanted to be able to fix a lot more of what was going on because I had also gone into him with a bunch of gut health problems and he tested me for celiac disease and he was just like, oh, you're not celiac. And then that was all that was discussed about my gut health problems. And for me, that just couldn't be an answer because I'd been struggling this for so long. Now that I think about it, I actually went to a doctor when I was living in Squamish about the constipation problems. And he was the one that prescribed me laxatives in the first place. I didn't know that you weren't supposed to take them for like a year. <laughs> That's how it all started. It was just these Band-Aid solutions given to me from doctors. So in comes my naturopath and my savior. Maybe that's dramatic, but it, it really was. And that's when we started talking about diet and lifestyle and she looked at my numbers and said no you're not celiac but you're on your road to become celiac and if you don't make any changes you will be and so after having my first few visits with her and her talking to me through Hashimoto's hypothyroidism and getting a bit of extra blood work done that's when it was saying okay no gluten no dairy we need to fix your gut health and that was really the first catalyst on my health and wellness journey and I was able to see a lot of great results and in a short period of time because I went pretty ham with cutting out gluten, cutting out dairy and really focusing on recovering my gut health because I was so desperate for change at the time. I was exhausted. My stomach had been paid for over a year and I really just needed to see some changes. And I'm not gonna lie to you, it was a lot of hard work. It wasn't like I just snapped my fingers and all of a sudden my gut health started improving and all of that kind of stuff. It was really tough to cold turkey, cut out gluten and dairy, follow gut healing protocol and start eating a lot different than I had ever been used to. I also started getting on a regular fitness routine. I started going to spin classes consistently with my friends, which was super fun. And that was the first time I'd ever really been consistent with any type of exercise or workout program, which was super fun. I loved going to the music. I came from a background of dance when I was in high school. And that was really the catalyst for me getting into a consistent workout routine were these spin classes. And I kept it up for a long period of time. And it wasn't until COVID shut down that I had to figure out something else for working out because obviously all of the spin studios were closed. And so for about the year leading up to COVID, things had been going pretty well. I had gotten on this new fitness routine. I was learning how to eat a lot better and my gut health was improving and things were on the up and up and it felt really great. And I thought, perfect, this is it, awesome. I had a bit of hardship and now moving on. <laughs> anyone can resonate with that where you think it's all good and the universe is like oh no honey we've got a lot more coming for you <laughs> and you just have to laugh your way through it because oh boy was i wrong and did things get a lot worse and in came covid uh now for the sake of this podcast because i already am rambling on a lot i'm not going to talk about the health impacts of covid specifically or the impacts it had on society just the impacts on lifestyle and personal life just to try and keep this episode more succinct, even though I'm already not doing a great job of that and we've gone off on a few different stories. So COVID happens, everything shuts down, it's stressful in a lot of different ways for sure. But I will say at the beginning of COVID when we were all forced at home, what I did really appreciate and like about it and it was a huge game changer for me and my perspective and how I wanted to live my life was being able to live a much slower pace of life. 
Because as much as I was getting in these healthy routines from a nutrition and fitness perspective before COVID, I was still in 100 hustle girl mode culture, trying to build this business. I had taken on a director of operations position at the time, and I was still fully hustling, trying to make a name for myself. And just thinking that the cool thing to do is burn yourself into the ground because that's what we're all supposed to be doing, which is obviously a complete 180 from what I think now, how I choose to live my life. And from what a lot of people have seen as well, I think we've really turned a point into society, or at least for a large majority of people, realizing that we are living unsustainable lives and something really has to give. So for about the first year of COVID, nothing really crazy was going on. Obviously you were going through the ups and downs of dealing with COVID, but nothing out of the ordinary or that was really insanely stressful or traumatic for me, which was quite lucky. It actually wasn't until my toxic relationship number two came into the mix and let me tell you, shit hit the absolute fan. I did not learn my lesson from my first toxic relationship. I'll keep the details short just for this podcast episode, but essentially what happened in that period of time, I think it was about a six month period where I was dealing with someone that was incredibly close to me. I absolutely love, and I'll be honest, I still love and care about this person a lot and I wish them all the best, but obviously it was just not a good situation. I know he was dealing with a lot at the time too, and just didn't behave probably in the most ethical way. But I'll only speak for my side. And the point of the story was through some of the circumstances that happened, I ended up just going into a full freeze and trauma response, which I found out later after talking to my naturopathic doctor. She was actually the first person I started opening up to about all the struggles that I was facing, which was really off-brand for me because I am naturally an oversharer. I will tell absolutely anyone and everyone that'll listen what is going on in my brain. So I think that really goes to show that you're really in a trauma response when you're not behaving like yourself. And for me, I stayed silent. I didn't tell a soul. I was absolutely terrified of the situation and what was going on at the time. And it was just really not a great situation or healthy for me to be in. And so during that time, my body just went into full survival mode. And so once he had actually left the country and I was able to start decompressing from everything that had happened, that's when everything started to snowball. And a couple months after he had left is when I got diagnosed with my second chronic illness, which was PCOS. And for those of you that don't know, that's polycystic ovarian syndrome. It is a hormonal imbalance that occurs in women where you have high testosterone or androgens. It causes you to have infrequent, irregular, or no periods at all. It can impact your fertility, but all of this can be reversible with healthy diet and lifestyle changes, which is exactly what I've been able to do and where I am now. And what started the foundation for this business was to teach women how you can heal your PCOS through healthy diet and lifestyle change. Now I will say I did luck out in some ways with my PCOS diagnosis. Because I had already been working with my naturopath from all of my thyroid problems, I had started tracking my cycle when I finally did decide to go off birth control. And she was keeping an eye on how long my cycle lengths were. And so we were able to catch it quite early and she knew the blood test to get straight away and had known obviously all of the traumatic stuff that I had just been through. And we were able to start to piece a lot of things together, which got me a diagnosis really quick. So I will say I did luck out in that process. And I know a lot of women have to go through a lot of lengthy blood tests, maybe a lot of gaslighting from traditional doctors and stuff. And I really feel for you there. I know how frustrating that kind of stuff can be from the side of trying to get diagnosed with hypothyroidism in the first place and just being given a punch of prescription medications and not really having anyone address the root cause of your issues or all of the other symptoms that go along with the chronic illness that you're dealing with. Now, it was a really weird time for me coming off of a really traumatic life event 
accident with my ex and then getting diagnosed with my second chronic illness because honestly in one hand I was really okay that things hadn't turned out a lot worse than they could have been and they definitely could have been with the situation I was in with my last partner it was quite scary at times but then on the other hand here I am with my second chronic illness diagnosis I'm still in my young 20s wondering what the heck is going on I had just spent all this time working on my health and wellness and it felt like that didn't matter because at the time my gut health started to go to trash again because of all the chronic stress and then on top of that I was getting diagnosed with PCOS and then you start googling with PCOS and how difficult it is for women to lose weight I'm going to deal with some of the similar symptoms that I was dealing with with hypothyroidism where my hair could be falling out I'm going to have lots of dry skin hair growth in places I don't want and it could impact my fertility and that was really the scariest thing of all of it I've always envisioned myself carrying children I really want to see that for myself and the idea of that having an impact for my fertility was a big scary factor for it and it's kind of funny because the whole reason I came off birth control in the first place was actually because I had a gut feeling that I was worried about fertility and I wanted to start getting an eye on those things before I was anywhere near needing to get pregnant or wanting to get pregnant. So this is also a side note to trust your gut and trust your intuition. If you're really having this feeling that you need to start checking on something or you want to start working on something with your health, that's probably your body trying to give you some type of warning or signal that something does need to change or that you should start taking a look into a certain area. Even if you can't explain it, I would just highly recommend always going and looking into it and advocating for yourself in whatever space is needed because there's probably something that maybe the facts aren't right in front of you, but there's a reason your intuition is kicking in. And I really do believe that everything happens for a reason. There's a divine timing for everything. And so that was the time I was supposed to go off birth control and have that diagnosis with PCOS. And I really am grateful for it. There's been a lot of ups and downs and a roller coaster with dealing with PCOS, especially with it being that second chronic illness diagnosis. I felt like I had just been smacked down to square one. I had to reheal a lot of gut health. I ended up having to go through a bunch of food sensitivity tests, which then resulted in having to go on an elimination diet. My gut health had taken a turn for the worse. And I definitely believe there is a strong link and correlation to how much chronic stress I was dealing with and then how much gut health problems and the PCOS itself coming on, those are definitely linked, which is why there's going to be a lot of topics and conversations around managing stress on this podcast. Why you're going to see that a lot on Instagram and YouTube as well is because that is a big pillar and core of health that oftentimes gets missed in that hormonal recovery journey. We start looking a lot at nutrition and fitness and things like that but we miss that recovery aspect. And honestly, if you don't have good recovery, if you're not managing your cortisol, then none of the other stuff is really gonna matter and it's still gonna feel like a lot of friction and things aren't falling into place because your stress levels are too high and your body just can't function at that optimal state. It really does need that time to recover. So I'm gonna start wrapping up the podcast here. I have done my best to give you guys a shorter version of what the whole journey has been like, getting diagnosed with hypothyroidism, PCOS, and all of the kind of struggles that went in between. If you guys made it to the end, I love you for that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys being here and I'm super stoked to start this journey with all of you guys. I've absolutely loved podcasts so the fact that I'm going to it myself has kind of been a full circle moment and has been really cool and also really difficult at the same time. Anyways, I'd love to hear what you guys thought of this first episode. If there's anything you want me to go into more detail of, happy to go into more story times. I think this was a good time to start out, get a feeler for it, and I'd love to hear what you guys thought of the first episode. I hope you have an amazing morning, day, evening, whatever time it is that you're listening to this podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode.